This is episode zero of Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I've entitled this episode zero, Why? W-H-Y question mark. These are the standard journalistic questions that people ask when we had our magazines, who, what, where, when, why, and how. So I'll address that here before we get started. The who is me. I suppose if you're listening to this, you probably have some idea that I'm a person or that I had uh, a company back in the day. I've been retired for 14 years, so that's, uh, but I had so much involvement for so many years and decades that uh, I've really loved the sports collecting industry hobby. And I've dedicated a good portion of my life to it. I've done other things. It's I'm on my fourth career now, but that was uh, uh, certainly a highlight to to be involved at a at a high level with helping collectors and dealers have fair pricing and enjoy the hobby more. So the who is I suppose if you don't know, and I don't recommend googling me or checking out Wikipedia or anything like that. I'm just a person that's. Uh, that's uh, been a collector, been a dealer, and done about every other thing in the industry. And I am looking forward to sharing my experience. And if you find it valuable, you'll listen. If you don't find it valuable, it isn't going to matter uh, any accolades that uh, or experiences or education I have uh, if you don't find it valuable. So I hope it's valuable for you. The what is a podcast? I've been a podcast listener for actually many years. It's one of my favorite things. I like to live in it, listen at one and a half speed or double speed. And I, it, I assure you will not hurt my, hurt my feelings if you listen to this podcast at uh, one and a half times or, or uh, 2x. In fact, that's a more efficient way to, to uh, process it. And I don't speak that fast, so I think you might even enjoy it more. So podcast is a good medium. I think that uh, writing, you know, I did price guides and they were mainly in print for so long in magazines, but the world's going more digital and the beauty of podcasts is you can be doing, you can listen to something while you're doing something in the background. I do that all the time. I've, I don't know if I'll do an episode about podcasts I listen to, but there's some great podcasts out there. There's some great podcasts for uh, this industry, and I have listened to most of them, uh, maybe all of them, but I want to do something a little bit different. In fact, it's, it's, it is different, so it's not in any, any way competing with the other excellent podcasts that are out there. It's just my take on, um, on uh, my experiences and things that I think that might be helpful. The where, that's who, what, and where. The where is I can do this from my office or from my home or from a card show, or from the National, or from in a, in a card shop that I would visit, or any place I want to. There's such portability of podcasting, and I think that's the beauty of it. So I can go anywhere, and just similarly, you can listen anywhere. Any place where you have your smartphone or your, or your uh, pad or your computer, and you can do it in the background with headphones, or you can listen and do whatever. The when is, like I said, I've, I've been retired. I sold the company in 2005, 
I haven't been completely inactive, but I've been certainly not um, as visible. I enjoy, I mean, I'm a lifelong hobbyist, so it's that's that's really not an option. I, I love collecting. I, I love buying a lot more than selling, but at this point, I'm trying to have less cards each year, not more. So the timing is right. I've been I've been out for 14 years. I'm not stepping on any toes of people that are in my former company. My former company that I sold was then resold uh, a number of years after that. And so, again, I'm uh, friends with uh, well, I'm friends with my friends that are there and some of the new people as well. But I basically am not going to try to tell anybody how to how to do things. So they, they've earned the right or they've uh, bought the right to uh, uh, run Beckett Media the way they want to. Uh, Beckett Publications was the company I had. Uh, if I say that, that I'm meaning when I was uh, in, I guess, the boss and the owner, whereas Beckett Media is the, is the new regime and they've, they've got a, they have challenges. I think they're doing a lot of things right. I perhaps don't agree with everything, but Nobody agrees with everything. It's it's uh, the the rules have changed over the years, and the ability to be nimble and respond. Uh, I'm ad- admiring the fact that uh, the uh, the the new company has moved into some additional things that uh, have have turned out well. The so that's the when that's the that's the time element. The how is podcasting technology. I'm not saying I'm an expert, but it is power to the people in the ability to put something out. Instead of putting a publication that I have to mail or doing a blog that I'd have to edit, I just can speak into the microphone. I can edit it a little bit. I'm not interested in putting a lot of music in there and other things. I may do that in the future if if enough people want that, but I want to have less friction in terms of getting things out there and getting it out on a timely basis. I'd like to be able to record some things at the National and at some of these other venues, and that really requires uh, a portable setup, an ability to take my equipment with me. And if that equipment is a microphone, a small microphone, and my iPhone or my iPad, or then... Um, the technology has really come along, <laughs> and hopefully I'll come along with it because it's uh, in the early days of, of Beckett Publications, I did all the programming, I did all the, uh, I did everything. But uh, as you get kicked upstairs and get really busy, you hire people to do things, and next thing you know, instead of being the help desk, you're the person that needs the help desk. So the why is... Uh, why is uh, I think this is a good format for me? I decided to ask a few uh, friends in the hobby that were at some of these uh, larger, established, and respected uh, companies and brands. I thought I'd had a dinner about six months ago, seven months ago in January. I do a, an annual hobby dinner and had uh, some. Outstanding collectors and dealers and people in the industry there, uh, some even from out of town. And I floated this idea about doing a podcast, and nobody said, "Hey, that's a stupid idea." They just said, "Well, if you did it, uh, could you talk about X, Y, or Z?" And I said, "I guess I could." And certainly, I'd want to interview some people, such as 
those exact caliber of people who are in the room. So no one was against it. Uh, podcast is a is a medium. Podcasting is a medium that is that is essentially free. I guess there are models where you can charge people for premium content, but that's I don't. That's certainly not my intention. I I, I think I want to get information out to people that can appreciate having that information and. A lot of the uh, price guide aspect of of a uh, long time ago was creating an even playing field for dealers and collectors that people would know have a have a have a basis for value for fair trade and fair sales. So same thing here. I want to make it available to people, and if they uh, find it valuable, they'll listen. And so I asked some of these industry leaders. I said, "Well, if I did something like that, would you be interested in?" in uh, being a sponsor. And being a sponsor just means that uh, I'm going to mention them in the episodes and I will be in a situation where I'm, uh, I guess, tapping on them occasionally to be interviewed or to uh, contribute insights in, in some way. So again, I was very pleased that the receptivity, a lot of times people will tell you what you want to hear is, yeah, that's a great idea, but don't count on me. So when I said, well, do you want to be involved as a sponsor? Uh, they essentially said yes. So I've got a bunch of very high quality sponsors that I've just delighted in working with. And even there wasn't a lot of negotiation. I just want to give it a try. I'm not, I'm, uh, trying to make it work for them. Uh, the first one I called obviously was Beckett.com, the, the Beckett media guys, uh, many of whom I, Still no, check with them. And I thought, well, you know, um, I don't, I'm not your spokesman and you don't speak for me. I don't speak for you, but I'm in a situation where I'd like to do this and I don't want to have confusion in, in it, that, uh, that I'm somehow speaking for you. So the opinions are totally mine. And even though they'll be a sponsor, I'll have an opportunity to say some things uh, about them and, uh, and I'm looking forward to that, as well as BGS and BAS. And as as you might expect, I'm a customer <laughs> of those. I use the OPG a lot. The, the second sponsor, and these weren't in chronological order, but the second sponsor was Burbank. Uh, Rob Veris, longtime friend, very longtime friend, very big supporter of, uh, of, of Beckett Publications as well as Beckett Media. And we've been friends and it's been uh, wonderful to see, to, to know his dad and his dad's work ethic transferred to Rob. And then Rob's work ethic is transferred to Ryan, his son. And when I see multi-generational stuff in this industry, it it, uh, it warms my heart. The next was ComC. I'm actually a customer of ComC. I've gotten to know Tim Getch from kind of right when he got started. And he is, he is superb. Uh, a programmer is probably too low level for him, but uh, a very sharp guy saw an opportunity in the industry and indus- an opportunity that Mark Harwell and I back in the day considered, but there were a lot of moving parts with this idea. And Tim has figured out a way in, in the suburb of Seattle to put together a team and warehouses and technology and a system that allows people to sell their cards uh, to buy and sell with uh, with the assurance of that middle party, and uh, they'll ship it. They do all the things that I really probably didn't want to do. Uh, next was Heritage, uh, Heritage Auctions. I have used Heritage Auctions. I recommend them. 
I've known uh, Chris Ivey for a long time, but I've known his dad perhaps even longer, Steve Ivey, who's one of the founders of the company. And they run a, a, a solid business. So they started in coins, but they've moved very strongly into sports memorabilia. And they've, they've uh, been able to uh, take some of the coin and precious metal interest and take some of those big bucks and pull them into the into the uh, sports cards and sports memorabilia. So hats off to them for that. They've got a great catalog coming out that I may uh, discuss with you all uh, later this month. Huggins has got another auction company that is not completely the opposite of Heritage, but but very different. Whereas Heritage is looking for pretty much eighty percent high end. Uh, individual lots uh, with a few group lots, and um, uh, their lower price lots are in their uh, Sunday night internet auctions and things like that. So they have they have full service, but they're clearly more interested in the in the in the highest end stuff, and they and they do a fine job with it. Huggins and Scott, on the other hand, kind of takes on all comers, and I've referred friends to them. If you have stuff that's that's good or great or not so good. They'll find a market for it, and I, I've, I've uh, enjoyed looking through their catalogs. Again, a completely different experience from looking at a Heritage or one of the other fine auctioneers out there. Uh, the Huggins and Scott has, you can read the description, and you're still wondering if it's a conglomerate lot, if, if, it's, uh, if it's better than you think it might be or, or not as good. And that, there's been a kind of an aspect of uh, surprise. I've, I've actually won some lots, and I've been uh, mostly pleasantly surprised, but at least one time I had an unpleasant surprise. Again, not their fault. They're making these uh, lots available. And when there's a lot of cards, a lot of stuff in the lot, it's a mixed lot, it's hard. You can't go card by card and explain uh, the condition on every card. Next was Mike Fruitman that I've gotten to know. He's uh, uh, somebody that's emerged as a as a as a trend setting uh, shop in Aurora, Colorado, doing a lot of things right. as a, as a great following as as he should because he's uh, he he knows how to uh, uh, how to serve. He's he's uh, doing things for his customers and for people that come in that totally put him in a position to get a lot of repeat business and referrals. And the only marketing that really works long time uh, and that's cost effective is viral marketing where you just do a great job. And I think he's doing that. Again, he's a card shop, but not like Burbank. Burbank is is quantity and quality and and service by providing the ability to go and uh, pull one of the 43 million cards off the shelf, whereas uh, Mike Fruitman at Mike Stadium Sports Cards is more of a situation where it's the the card shop that's that's uh, fun to go to, and you yeah you buy some cards there. Lastly, were the three card companies that I knocked on their doors or just sent emails to people that frankly, either used to work for me or were in situations where they were, where I've known them for a long time. So I checked with Panini, I checked with Tops, I checked with Upper Deck, and I said, here's the deal. If you'd like to be involved, I'd love to have you. And um, uh, here'd be the arrangement. And they were, they were very gracious. And, you know, I've had good relations with them in the past. 
and I expect to have good relationships with them in the f- future. I mean, I think the the landscape now with the, each of the sports having their own separate licensing entity really makes it uh, such that each one of those can just do the best they can in that in their in in their sport, and uh, each one of them is is. Uh, doing the best they can and, and, and doing a great job. So I enjoy that. So I don't have to worry about comparing baseball cards too much. Uh, I guess there are some other products, but as far as fully licensed and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's basically tops and hockey for upper deck. So look forward to uh, not only uh, explaining some of the things they're doing and putting some historical perspective on it. One of the issues is just looking at some of these, I mean, Topps has the heritage stuff. Uh, Panini has uh, roots from the from uh, some of the brands that were in the in the that they that they uh, picked up, and so they've got 30th anniversary coming up of Score Football. So we'll, this will be mainly about baseball. I think more baseball than anything else, but but uh, football and basketball and even hockey and maybe some of the other sports as well. Uh, again, it'll be. Uh, I'm eager to have listener questions, and I don't know what those are going to be in advance, but I am looking forward to seeing how I can make this more useful to uh, those of you who are uh, deep into our industry, and even lapsed collectors who've who've been involved uh, perhaps in the past and wondered what's going on now. If you jump in now, like I say, you go to the National, which will be the end of this month, or, or any other big show, you're going to say, wow, there's a, there's a, a dynamic element that perhaps wasn't there uh, the last time you popped in. So looking forward to uh, having a conversation with y'all, and uh, I'm going to try some different formats. So uh, give, it a, give it a listen, not just uh, one episode, but there, there will be several formats, and uh, we'll, we'll uh, try things until we see what... Uh, what's uh, received in the best manner. So thanks for your attention. I look forward to having communications with you on a, on a semi-regular basis. We'll see how that goes. And again, just continue to enjoy the hobby. And if you enjoy it half as much as I have and do, uh, that would be great. So again, thanks for your listening time, and I'll talk to you again later.